0: Roar Nation, Promise Keepers is back July 31st, 2020. Estimated 80,000 men will be gathering at the AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas. Speakers are going to rock the house. It's going to be a full lineup. And on top of that, worship is going to be amazing. Why am I telling you so far in advance? Because tickets are on sale and they're slowly selling out. So that being said, I hope I see you there. I am planning on going. Go to promisekeepers.org to get info and tickets. Again, go to promisekeepers.org. See you there.
1: Welcome to Are You Real? Finding the Authentic You, the podcast that focuses on Christians that are active in everyday life. Join in as we speak to everyone from successful business owners to educators to athletes about their faith and how it helps them reach out and revolutionize those around them to do the same. And now, get ready to roar with your host, the voice of manifestation, John Fuller.
0: Hey, Roar Nation, your host here, John Fuller, and excited for a super duper author today. That being said, Lisa, are you ready to roar?
2: I'm loving being here already.
0: Come on, let's do this. Okay, so Roar Nation, check this out. Lisa Ton Bergeron is the best-selling offer of more than 40 books, including God Gave Us You, God Gave Us Easter, which is a New York Today bestseller, and the beloved God Gave Us Children series, which has sold over 2.5 million copies. That is a lot of books. So... Lisa, I cannot wait to dive into your story. Um, That really doesn't tell us anything, Uh, obviously, besides you sold a lot of books. Right. Why don't you give us some of your back history of kind of just, uh, well, sorry, before we get into your back history, tell us a little about like you, your family, uh, just kind of a 30,000 foot view of who you are.
2: Sure. I'm a mom of three. My kids are big now. They're 24, 21, and 16. I've been the wife of Tim for 27 years, going on 28.
0: Go Tim!
2: Yes, he's awesome. Um, I'm an inquisitive, curious person, always looking to know more about my world, so I'm, I'm, I love to travel. And I'm a huge introvert, so after an in-studio interview today and this podcast with you, I'll be wiped
0: out. <laughs> Sounds like my wife. <laughs> That is hilarious. That's funny you say that when we go out in public a lot, um, or if we're out doing stuff, when we're done, I'm getting like amped up and charged by everybody around me. And she's ready. She's like, man, I'm wiped out. It's time for bed.
2: Yes. We need to recharge for sure.
0: Yes, absolutely. So, okay. Um, Why don't you tell us a little bit about your history uh, as far as the book, like kind of how you got started. I've read a little bit of stuff about you, um, but I would love to hear it. I'm actually really excited to hear this story because it's a God story that gave you the book. So why don't you tell us all about it?
2: Correct. So um, my my publishing story really begins about 30 years ago. And at that point, I had graduated from college with an English lit degree and wasn't ready to have a, a real job yet. So I agreed to join a friend and go to Park City, Utah to be a ski bum for a winter. And I had grown up in the faith, um, went to Sunday school every Sunday of my life, church every Sunday of my life, youth group, all of that. But uh, in my, through that winter in Park City, I really found that I was both surrounded by the lost and also fairly lost myself. I, my faith foundations, I was off my faith foundations. And it was really um, my mom sending me Frank Preddy's books, that really helped me think about the spiritual realm in a whole new way. And my old Christian music, you know, from Amy Grant and Michael W. Smith that uh, kept speaking to me speaking to me. And over the course of about 24 hours, I had my own personal reformation um, where God really just brought me back front and center in before his feet. And I was face down in the midst of this gross apartment in this terrible shag carpet. And all I can say is that, um, God was present that I saw an inch of his robe and I was totally overwhelmed. Wow. So in that moment I decided it was my time there was done and I went to, um, uh, Israel and Egypt. And my cousin was studying the life journeys of Paul in, uh, old city Jerusalem And so I was able to stay with him and his wife and we went all over Israel and um, I came home knowing I wanted to serve in the industry that had had such a big impact on me and my life. Uh, And so it was Christian music and, and books fiction that was really motivating for me. So I got a job with a Christian music company. Um, met and married my husband, and uh, later got a job with a Christian publisher. And the same day they gave me a job in marketing, they offered me a a contract on my first novel. So it was this amazing Santa Claus day where I had my first real job that I loved and was passionate about and also was on my way to being a published author.
0: Okay. So we got to back up. I got to unpack this. I'm really interested. You talked about you mentioned you said you were lost, but obviously you grew up in church, went to Sunday school, you know the stories, all this stuff. Um, I'd like you to dive into that a little bit. Why were you lost? And I think that's great because I think as a parent, yeah, maybe you've experienced this. And I think maybe for parents listening, sometimes we think, you know, our kids should quote unquote be a certain way because they grew up in church or do stuff. And maybe when they leave the house, they're not. Where we spiritually want them, I guess. Right, right. And and I think your story is phenomenal because I always think like I, I've always looked at my life and said if if God is big enough to save me in the biggest mess that I was in, then He can definitely work in my kids' lives. Right. So so talk about that a little bit.
2: Yeah, you know, and as the parent of young adult children, I, I can tell you that it's the hardest thing is to watch your children. Make their own path. You, you want to continue to try to direct them and make it your own story, and they really have to have their own story with God, and they have to make their faith their own. I mean, we as parents do our best to lay that foundation for them, and for me, that was life-saving because it really helped me get back on track when I realized that I my foundation has had slipped or I'd come off my foundation. Um, so uh, it's vital that we bring kids up in the faith and give them. I also call it like the, the ribs of a ship. You know, if you were building a big old ship, you would want to have um, the keel and those ribs all along very solid. Uh, but it's up to the kids to plank that ship, the kids and God. And so they have to find their way through that. And hopefully you've given them enough tools in their toolbox so they can be great shipbuilders. builders. Um, but sometimes it's slower and rougher than others. <laughs>
0: That's a great, I'm an analogy person. That's a great analogy. And from one parent to another, and for those listening, as a parent, how do you do that? Like maybe an example or something, if you don't mind, or you can just give a separate, but like, how do you, how do you steer your kids in that direction with obviously at this point, they're grown up and out the door, but you still want to be that example.
2: Right. So um, if my daughter calls me with a life crisis, we'll often talk through all of that talk through all the angles of it. And then we will finish with a prayer. I'll say, can we just pray about this to bring it back to a place that it's not just about us, that God is interested in a part of all of our life story, helps them to see that they can go to God too, when they're trying to muddle through and figure out things that are challenging in life.
0: Yeah, that's, that's great advice, because it kind of takes us out of the picture. And it allows them, um, again, back to your original answer, it allows them to have their own story with a father. Yeah, because ultimately, that's what they need. They don't need our faith. They need their own faith. You bet.
2: You bet. And and there's nothing sweeter than seeing their faith um, start to blossom And become its own unique thing, not just an echo of your, your own story, but how God created them uniquely, and is using them uniquely. I love watching that happen.
0: Oh, yeah, it'll bring tears to your eyes at times. I I think uh, even with our, uh, some of our kids, there's times where you see they have this like, aha moment or like the Holy Spirit showed them something and they bring it to you. And when they leave, like I'm in tears. I'm like, Oh Lord, thank you so much. You bet. Uh, it's such, it's such good stuff. So, okay. Um, over the years, I always like to ask my guests, have you had kind of an inspirational scripture or success quote, or maybe just even the season that you're in right now, one that just really um, highlights to your mind?
2: I don't think I have one. I always have a challenge. It's always challenging to me to answer Um, that, you know, what's your favorite scripture or quote, um, because I have lots of favorite scriptures and quotes. But one quote that has consistently come back to me for years is the quote, life is short, but wide. And, and to that, I've kind of made it my own life is short, but wide and deep. So I'm always looking to see how I can expand out and go deeper uh, with people and experiences. And in that it's made my life all the more rich, you know, because life comes at us fast. So if we don't slow down enough to pay attention to those kind of things, we often miss some of the meat of life.
0: Yeah, that's, that's really good. And and I say that because I think sometimes we get so caught up in our own space or our own bubble or our own world. Yep. And it's easy just to let people kind of pass through or pass by our life. And, I don't know if it was John Maxwell or somebody else years ago, but I just remember thinking like every kind of made a quote that made me think that, you know, every person that comes into our life is a gift. Um, And and I shouldn't say everybody, there's people that aren't meant to be in our lives, but (laughs) I need to rephrase that. My wife's going to correct me on that one (laughs) afterwards, but, um, but people are brought into our life and, and sometimes we need to recognize that. And we need to steward those relationships because Maybe they're there to teach us something, or, or we're there to teach them something, or, or both. And you Eva, just never, you never know.
2: I had I had heard um, Lee Strobel talk once, and he he said we're all part of the chain, and we might be one link or a whole long length of the chain, but we're all links in the chain. So. If we're aware of that, you know, it, and it, we can have small moments with strangers that will impact them in a big way if we're paying attention. I think that's the, the richest part of a life of faith is to say, you know, my life counts. My life matters. God cares about me and the people around me. So how can I be a conduit of his love to the world?
0: Yes, I love that. Absolutely. It's just being self-aware of that and paying attention. Yep. So, okay. So real quick, before we jump into your life journey, I need to take a quick moment and spot for our sponsor. You know, we're all about being real around here. And if I'm being truthful, I hate shopping for insurance. So recently, I found a company that made my life much easier and also helped me find an insurance policy, and they help you find all different types of insurances. So what was it? I'm glad you asked. PolicyGenius.com. So I went on Policy Genius, got a uh, quote. It literally took just a couple minutes, and I got to tell you, to be honest, I was extremely impressed with the representative that I had. Uh, They actually text me, uh, followed up with phone calls. They made the process really easy, really impressive. And it all said and done, absolutely, I got insurance through them uh, because they made the process easy and I liked dealing with them. So That being said, why don't you go on there right now and compare and buy either life insurance, different types of insurance you're looking for, get on policygenius.com and see what they can do for you. I do recommend them and personally use them. Okay. So on your journey, you talked about you got out of college, uh, you kind of landed your dream job a little bit. You talked about with music and then got a contract for your first book, correct?
2: Yeah, and I was also working for a Christian publisher at the time.
0: Okay, awesome. So talk a little bit about, just expand on that just a little bit more as far as kind of maybe some of the stuff you learned or if that was like literally your career just kind of took off from there.
2: Um, You know, it, it was a while, but God opened doors quickly for me. It was, I, I've had a really blessed journey on the publishing journey. You know, I meet lots of authors who are... way more talented than I am and are still struggling to find um, that right connection. And I often tell them that it's a lot like finding the right person to love and marry. is that, you know, you have to be at the right place at the right time and be in the right place or in your, the right place at the right time. So there's a a bit of um, uh, God being a foot for it to come together, but the idea is you continue to press on, and um, look for that open door even if you run across closed door after closed door if that's this is what you're called to you go after it so um i worked full-time and wrote um every night and every weekend so I, i worked a lot of hours um over those years i was at that christian publisher for about four years and then i helped start a new christian publisher for random house they said you know, go to New York or Colorado Springs, and we said, "Oh, please send us to Colorado Springs." <laughs> <laughs> so we started. There were six of us, and we we um, got Waterbrook Press going, and that was such a beautiful process of seeing how um, you can start something from the uh, ground up, and it can become something amazing that God uses in beautiful ways.
0: Okay, so this is going to be a good segue into my next question, and. Okay. My next question is always what I, I call it that couldn't be worse than this moment. <laughs> and what I mean by that, and I always give the analogy of like Moses standing at the Red Sea and yeah. like you can, to go forward, it has to be God. But if you turn around, um, you're basically dead or, no, or or whatever. It could be your business. It could be marriage, life, kids, whatever. It's going to fall apart. Yeah. And I'm just curious whether it was starting a new business or your career, whatever, do you kind of have one of those moments where, uh, and I want to hear the whole story, but kind of where you're thinking, God, if you don't do something, this is going to be devastating.
2: Yeah. I have something I think that relates to what you're saying. Okay. When I was about nine, 10 books into my writing career, um, I was in, in a really good spot and I was teaching at a writer's conference Up in Estes Park, Colorado, and uh, a couple of different publishers were approaching me, wanting me to publish with them. Which is what every author wants: is you know, publishers kind of fighting over you. That's a beautiful thing. Um, And over the course of that weekend, God said, "You know, I want you to take a break. I, I don't want you to write right now." And the words He gave to me were fallow season, and those aren't words that I use. Typically I'm not a farmer. Um, but it, it just resonated with me so strongly that I thought there's, I, I just have to do this. And so I went home and told Tim, okay, this is going to sound crazy, but I think God's asking me to stop writing for a while
0: <laughs> and uh, put my career on hold, honey. Just want to let right. you know.
2: Yeah. Sorry. You know, half our income's about shot. So I <laughs> how you feel about that. And, uh, He, he, God bless him. He's such a faithful man. He said, well, then you better do that. And, um, for the next three
0: years, I didn't hard. What's that? Was that hard?
2: Oh, it was hard, but you know, it felt really peaceful. There was a, it was clear that God was asking us to do that and that, and asking us to trust him in that. And what happened was over the course of those three years, I didn't write a word. I didn't miss it. And I had been writing constantly. I was writing two books a year ever since I started. And um, what happened was I ended up pregnant with my third child, which would have killed me had I had other, you know, the constant pressure of contracts to fulfill. And um, we, we started an, a new business and, and started to lose it, too. And so the, the pressures on my life were so enormous that if I'd had writing as a part of that time, it would just have been terrible. And I'm so thankful that I took the break and it was, it was good for me too. And that it, it was restorative. Those, those words fallow season, you know, you, the farmer leaves the field fallow for a while so that it can produce more. And by the time I came back and I, I really felt that God was asking me to write again, um, I, I was on fire and ready to go. So, it, it was good in, in so many ways and such a blessing and such a protection in so many ways um, that I, I often think of that time. Um, I'm hope he doesn't, hoping he doesn't call me to another fallow season <laughs> right now. <but laughs> if he does, I'll do my best to follow.
0: Man, that's really awesome. I, I really enjoyed that example because I, I know in my life there's been times where I felt a prompting of the Lord and I have not obeyed. Mm-hmm. and then you pay the consequence and then you look back and you're like, Oh gosh, like you repent because you're like, now I see why you said that. Right. And um, now I'm further down in my walk. Like the Lord says something. I'm like, I don't even want to go there. Like whatever yeah. you say, Lord, I'm good.
2: No, I but, hear you because I'm, I'm pretty stubborn and obstinate. So I, 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 like to go my own way. It's hard. It's not a natural thing for me. Um, so, but like you, when I, when I have pressed on, when I've, Sense that God was asking me to go a different direction or to pause, it it's landed me in all kinds of trouble.
0: (laughs) Yeah, every time. Imagine that, right? Yeah, yeah.
2: You have to repent and go, oh, your Lord. Yeah, you tried to warn me, but I'm sorry, I'm lame.
0: (laughs) Kind of like with your kids when they come back to you and they're like, oh, yeah, you did know what you were talking about. I'm (laughs) sorry exactly we have three teenagers and they're getting older and every once in a while they'll come back to us and they're like oh i'm sorry now i understand why you said that yes yes it's
2: beautiful it's hard not to gloat in those times
0: (laughs) yeah we yeah we wait. my wife and i usually wait for them to walk out of the room and then one of us has a big smirk on her face and we're like (laughs) yep tried to tell you Uh so okay um Lisa, what is uh what do you feel like your biggest strength is in what you do?
2: Um, I think my biggest strength is that I'm creative and inquisitive. So I'm I'm never short on ideas, never short on wanting to know more and learn more, which helps fuel my writing.
0: So how do you I'm just thinking out loud right now because if if as a writer and you have lots of ideas, does that end up giving you like multiple books and kind of you're all over the place or does that help you maybe start a book and then it gives you lots of ideas for that specific book?
2: Both ends. So, you know, the, the trouble with that strength, I I'm an apostle by spiritual gifting. So I always like to press into new territory. So I'd much rather start a new new book I, in the midst of writing another book than carry through and finish the book I'm supposed to finish. So um, it helps me in that I, I press forward and, and I can explore projects fully, uh, but it, it, it can be a detriment as well.
0: How do you, for those of out there, I have the same problem um, in, in multiple, sometimes I have too many irons in the fire. How do you tame that or how do you try to steer that ship staying on track?
2: I, I'm a deadline girl. So, um, for instance, for this interview, I didn't prep and start thinking about it until about 45 minutes before. (laughs) So (laughs) I'm driven, my life is driven by deadlines. So if I don't have a deadline for a project, whether it be a publishing contract or something I'm supposed to do at church, um, I I just don't get anywhere. I'm so distracted and interested in other things and, uh, that I, I don't get enough done on a daily basis. So I have to really focus in and delve in deep uh, on a project to get through. So for me, uh, if I have a deadline coming up on a novel, it will be, uh, I need to go to the library for several days and and not connect to the internet. The internet is my downfall. Facebook is my downfall. (laughs) Because I'd much rather be at that water cooler than, you know, staying in my story. So if I can disconnect from the things that distract us and I would say that the devil likes to distract us I I can press in and get through and accomplish things
0: you know what right now I'm reading a book if I'd said who it was it's a popular author and I cannot even think of it right now he used to be at uh, Nelson publishing for years um I can't think of it, but he wrote a book on like time blocking and time management. Oh,
2: I know who you're talking about. I, can't and, uh, <laughs> I
0: know it just left me. I cannot believe it. I've been reading and listening to the book for the last couple of weeks. Yes. Um, my, my wife is phenomenal at it and I've had to go to her. She helped me write out my schedule
1: and yep. now I have
0: it in my phone. And like, I'm trying to block out things like with obviously our podcast and work and, all these things. And it's really helped me to like, I'm like, okay, I have these two hours. I have to get this done in these two hours. right? And and it's so against my normal nature that it's, I've fought it my entire life, but I find that I actually, I need it and I enjoy it, but I've always internally, I fight it.
2: Right. Right. You know, I have writer friends who write every day. They never fail to write their 500 or their thousand words. And I'm I'm a more of a blocker, so I want to take that block of time, and for a week or three weeks, write intensely, and then be done with it. I, I like to be in or out of a project. To dabble makes me crazy. So, I should pick up that book too.
0: When we yes, it, the yes, it's uh I'm gonna, now that you said that it's like it's gonna drive me crazy. <laughs> so I can I'm sure pulling I'm pulling it up on my phone because what I do is I buy books. And I read them and I listen to them at the same time. So I can go back and look. Okay. It's Michael Hyatt, free to focus.
2: Yes. Thank you.
0: Fantastic book. I've really enjoyed it. Maybe Michael Hyatt will give me a shout out for a thank you and come on the show for that one. (laughs) So that'd be funny. Okay. um, I thought this was really interesting. I did not know this coming into the interview. I found this out two days ago. So when our kids were little, uh We used to read them the book all the time. God gave us you uh, so I did not know that was you <laughs> and uh, which is awesome. I just found that out, which is my my wife is the one that told me she i was I was looking at it, i said didn 't we used to read our kids that book when they were little? Uh, so I thought that was awesome. why don 't you talk about uh, a little bit about your new book that 's coming out and kind of the story behind that and what 's going on uh, there?
2: Yeah, my new book is called God Gave Us the Bible, which I think is the 11th or 12th book in the series, but it all started with God Gave Us You, um, and at the time I wrote that, which was 20 years ago, um, my girls were little. They were four and one, and at the time, there were, there weren't, there were lots of I Love You books, because there are always a lot of I Love You books out on the market, but there weren't any that incorporated God And my four-year-old was asking questions about where she came from, basically asking about the birds and bees before I was ready to jump into the birds and bees. So I was, I was toying with that idea. And um, Christmas time Coca-Cola always had polar bears on their commercials. So I was thinking about a kid's book with polar bears, but that's all I had. Um, And then one night uh, I, I woke up at two in the morning and I don't know about you, John, but when you wake up at two in the morning with a big idea, how do you handle that? And are you
0: excited yes. about that idea? To, man, that is funny. You bring that up. I'm very prophetic by nature and okay. the Lord speaks to me in dreams and sometimes in the middle of the night and yeah. I get these amazing revelations Perfect. and I lay there and I feel guilty and I literally will have these conversations. I'm like, God, that is so good but I am so tired right now and I don't feel like rolling out of bed and writing. So at one point I even had my phone and I tried to talk into my phone, but then I was worried about waking up Casey. And so, and yeah, so I get it. Like, it's really a bad, cause I'm like, God, I feel like you're entrusting me with this idea and Uh it's amazing, but I'm too lazy to get out of bed to write it down.
2: (laughs) So that was exactly me. God gave me the whole story of God gives you like, I just had it all in my head. I could picture the polar bears. um, And I thought that would be awesome. And, and then I thought, well, it's two in the morning. If if it's awesome, I'll remember it in the morning. And so I rolled over and tried to go back to sleep. And all I can explain it as is that God just kept tapping me on the shoulder. And I wish I could tell you, John, that I had a very gracious sweet attitude about getting out of bed. (laughs) 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 little tick that he couldn't wait till morning. And uh, so I marched into my office and I typed it out and I settled down as I got into typing it out, but uh, wrote it out, closed my computer, came back in the morning, read it, cried and thought, oh, well, maybe this is something moving, you know, like a really good book. And then I read it to my little girls without pictures and they were puzzling over me crying as I was getting through the text with no pictures. And then I took it to my publisher and they'd never um, published a children's book before, um, but they decided to take a chance. And once again, you know, God just smiled and that book did crazy well. So my testimony is that that book and series, I've written actually over 60 books. I need to update my bio um but that book and series has outsold all my other books combined and if I, if i hadn't awakened and gotten up and and followed where god was leading me and done it i would have slept through one of the craziest blessings of my life there were there have been so many Uh, we've had several years of um, incredible challenge in terms of finances. Like I mentioned earlier, we had a business that we built and then lost and um, that book and series put hamburger on our table more times than I can count. It really kept us um, in provision. It provided for us during years that I don't know how else we would have made it. So God is sweet and he has his fingerprints all over that. And we were able to publish many books after that. We tackle challenging questions that kids ask about topics and leave parents kind of stumped. So God gave us you is really about how a child was loved uh, from the moment they were created. And um, I've written about God gives heaven. And I wrote that after we lost our six year old niece Hmm. and I had no, Um, resource for my little girls who were seven and four at the time to talk about heaven and what Maddie was experiencing right then. Um, I've written about angels. People get really confused about angels, about love, all the different aspects of love, um, the world and family and being thankful. So we've covered lots of topics in that series. And I love that parents can look to them as resources to help talk through those things that kids need to learn about. But sometimes they have a hard time explaining.
0: Yeah. I, I got to ask you this. And I'm curious when you went back and read it the next morning, what he had written and and I've done this. Um, I just got finished. We're about to release uh, our first book through our podcast. And, um, and there was times when I, I would just ask the Holy spirit. I just say, Lord, help me write. Yeah. And, and I would write and I would go back and read what I wrote. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so good. I did not write this. Like I knew like it was totally God. Cause I remember there were several times and even chapters and stuff in my book that I wrote. And I'm like, God, this had to be you. Cause I couldn't write this good.
2: Right, right. Yeah, it was just, I I, I would say that it's just God's fingerprints. I just got to be a part of it. And I think that's what you're describing too is that sometimes, yeah, sometimes I read my writing and I'm like, yeah, that's not so great. And other times I kind of go, hey, that's not bad. So I, I love that I get to be a part of it at all.
0: Okay, so tell us a little bit um, as we start to wrap up the show, tell us a little bit about God Gave Us the Bible as far as um, what is in that some of the stories. Maybe tell us one of your favorite stories that you got to write in there.
2: Um, I that's The most challenging part about writing God Gave Us the Bible, and it's different from the rest of the series in that it's a bigger um, longer book, because obviously it's a storybook Bible, um, whereas the other other books are just about a specific things Topical. And so I tried to choose kind of the Hall of Famers, you know, the stories that you hope every child grows up with um, as part of that building, the, you know, the the ribs of that ship so that they can re- look to those um, in the future and know them as part of their foundation so i I just went from the beginning to the end new for this crowd this you know God gave a series is the sweet spot for them it is really that three to seven year old crowd, and so you can't go too deep, you know you wanna you wanna talk, talk address the topics and the themes um with integrity, but you wanna actually you know try to bring it down to their level, which right. is challenging, so we ended up with about 45 stories. And we go from Genesis um, as far as um, Acts, you know, basically Paul and his team taking the gospel to the road. And uh, my idea was that I really wanted kids to understand that this is just not stories that we know, you know, Um, like uh, fantasy stories that these are real stories and that they're a part of the story too. So what I think what's unique about this Bible story book is that there are little um, moments where the little animal characters are having questions, asking questions um, from mama bear about things that they're listening to. So um, when Jesus is calling the disciples is one of my uh, favorite stories and, you know, Jesus sends them out to say, says, go back out and put your nets in the water. And um, little pop is saying, what does disciple mean? And it, and mama says, it means student or follower, just like we're Jesus's disciples today. Back then, these were the very first people to truly listen to Jesus and watch what he was doing so they could be like him. Um, And that's just the heart of God gives the Bible is that I want, kids to know that they're a part of the story too that you can learn from these um, men and women that we read about Um, but it's important to take what we learn and put it into action in our own lives too
0: yeah I like that you said that because that's always been Uh, whether I've had the opportunity to speak in kids or big church, whatever you want to call it, that's always been like my go-to is how does the rubber uh, hit the road? Mm -hmm. Like you can read these stories, but if they don't apply to my life right now, every day, whatever phase that you're in, then it's just a story. Yeah. And and that's why I believe, you know, the word is, it says it's living it's active it's sharper than the two edged sword. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that way it can pierce through my life and anything that I'm going through. Yes, it can. So, That's really good. Okay, so last kind of question. And I want to go for those who are aspiring authors. I'm not an aspiring author. So this is not my question, even though I wrote a book. But for those that are out there that are just like, hey, I want to write or I'm young, and I don't know what to do with my gifts. What advice would you give for those that are in their young teens? Maybe well, they could be any age, honestly, it doesn't matter. But to do aspire to write or want to kind of get their stuff out there, what would you encourage them to do?
2: Uh, I know that when I was first starting out, it, the, biggest, the biggest challenge for me was comparing myself and where I was in my publishing journey to people who were much farther along the road and wanting what they had right away, whether it be a bestseller or um, an award or beautiful reviews, whatever it might be. And I would encourage people to enjoy the journey and and really try to embrace where you are on that journey that it it will come in time if God has that as part of his plan. But all that you've been called to do is do what you've been called to do right now. And uh, I often think of that um, with the Holy Spirit too is that sometimes we don't know what's to come of that and we want to orchestrate Ending, but the ending is really in God's hands, and all we're called to do is be that link in the chain, um, or you know, put our book out and do our best with it, and and then trust God with the rest.
0: Amen to that. So I'm gonna think that's great advice. Okay, so last question uh, before we do parting thoughts, never miss this question. So Lisa, you get to go back to the younger you. You get to pick any age you want. Um, what advice are you going to give yourself, and at what age? Knowing that you can't change the future, you're just going to give yourself a pep talk.
2: <laughs> well, it really gets back to that whole comparing yourself. I, I think maybe maybe women struggle this with this more than men do. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but
0: oh no, we I, I think it's human nature. I think okay, I think, I think every, yeah, I think we all struggle with it at some. I mean, obviously, it's different for women and guys, but no, I think it's just. It's a, it's a demonic thing, I think, to be honest.
2: Right. And it's, I think it boils down to pride and, and um, wanting to present yourself in the best possible light and be seen and admired um, for good things. Um, And some of that is, is, is good. And some of it is really bad. (laughs) So um, if we can just settle in and appreciate who we are and what God's done for us to date, um, I think that that improves our life in, in in myriad ways, whether that be our writing journey or our life journey or our love story or um, our experiences. Um, you know, there are a lot of people who only get to go so far. I, I love to travel. I am a huge traveler. So um, we had no money to do it for 20 years. So it, it, it's been a new exploration in these last years, but Back when I was, you know, 18, 20 years old, I wanted it all and I wanted it then. And if I could tell my younger self just to settle in and enjoy where you are right then, there's a bounty to be discovered if you just pay attention.
0: I want to ask you this. I'm just curious you said that because I've had that same thought because I feel like everything that I wanted in my early 20s, I'm getting now, but it took 20 years. You know, they say it's, uh, you're a uh, Twenty-year overnight success, <laughs> exactly. and but you know, I always think about had I had all those things at such a young age, I didn't have character, yeah. and God wanted to give me character, and and I think you know, I would have ruined my life. Oh, had I had those things, do you, have you thought the same thing, or do you recognize you know, that?
2: I haven't thought that, but it, that rings true to me for sure. I think if I'd had, I mean, my, my life has been incredibly blessed, and so. If I'd had even more blessing earlier, I I think it wouldn't have been, one, appreciated, and two, um, perhaps handled well. I think it's why you see teen stars in such trouble, and it's way too much too fast. So, yeah, it's hard because we want more. We want to grow and learn and, and accomplish things. I think those are good things. Um, but you're right. You know, sometimes it just has to take the time it needs to take so that you're ready for it when it happens.
0: Yes, that's uh, just be content where we are. I think Paul said something about that. Yes, <laughs> he so, okay, so Lisa, where do we find um, you, your books and some of how do we get in contact with you and follow you?
2: Okay, so if you come to my website, which is Lisa Bergren, and my last name is B-E-R-G-R-E-N. Lisa You can find me on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. Um, As I told you earlier, Facebook is my downfall. So that's where I am most of the time. (laughs) Uh, And I post periodically on my website too, but you can see all my books. I write uh, adult fiction. I've written teen fiction um, and children's books as well. So uh, I, as I said, I follow wherever God leads me and that's um, led me on lots of different publishing paths
0: that's exciting. Well, Lisa, I want to thank you so much for coming on. I really enjoyed hearing your story and the the um the truth behind the story of just getting started and I love I, I think the favorite my favorite part of everything you said though and I think it's going to ring so true to me the rest of my life is getting up in the middle of the night because <laughs> I'm going to feel so convicted. I'm going to be thinking <laughs> it could be one of those moments.
2: Yeah, so I think 8 times out of 10 it's probably, you know, half-baked idea but you never know where it will
0: lead you but you don't want to find out and then and then oh. you get to heaven and god's like hey i tried yeah but you don't want well,
2: to <laughs> two out of 10 chances at Something yeah,
0: that, beautiful. that would be terrible so all right uh lisa hold on just a second roar nation i hope you guys enjoyed that um i highly recommend that god gave us series books i read uh those books to our little kids uh when they were little actually uh 20 years ago um, started reading those to our kids, so highly recommend them. I loved them then, and uh, love them now. So please, they make great gifts for Christmas. So you definitely want to pick those up and uh, get it out there, or even uh, after Christmas doesn't matter. They're great books for kids. So, anyways, we're Nation. If you need anything, please reach out to Casey and myself. Uh, love to help you. Remember, be real, be authentic, and be you.
1: God bless. That's all for this episode of Are You Real? Finding the Authentic You. Be sure to go to areyoureal.org for your free questionnaire to identify your gifts and talents and how you can use them to help people become leaders and catapult them into their destiny to help others become the leaders of tomorrow. We appreciate you spending your time with us and look forward to helping you reach out and revolutionize next time on Are You Real? Finding the Authentic You.